All right. Merry Christmas, you guys. I, um, I know that these are kind of strange readings for Christmas. Maybe you were expecting Luke 2, but we read that last night. So it's kind of in conjunction with the rest of Advent. And there were a couple, there were a couple of scriptures that I just really, really love in there for a couple reasons. I love in Romans 12, 21, it says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I think that this is what Jesus does in us. And as we concentrate and think about him through uh, Advent, like this is what we want, right? We want Jesus to come into our world of darkness, shine into it and light up the evil so that it can't be uh, continued to be there. But I really love too is that uh, when John the Baptist said, John the Baptist, who kind of this year for me has been the heart of uh, Advent, it, you know, waiting for Christ the entire anticipation of Christ he says I baptize you with water but the one but he who is mightier than I is coming and the straps of the whose sandals I'm unworthy to tie and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire and I love that because of the power that is in the Holy Spirit the power that is in fire this the power that is in uh, the spirit to destroy sin and just walk forth in beautiful and wonderful things and i uh, psalm 126 is probably my favorite just restore our fortunes O lord please do this please let us uh, uh sing and say the lord has done great things for us and we are glad and advent has, is a time of practice for us as christians it's a time of practice we are waiting for jesus to return and we're waiting for him to make all things new and set all that is wrought right we are waiting with hope and with peace and joy and love and there are times that we are good at these things and there are times when we recognize how impatient we can be and how much we need the practice and advent is this time of practice in waiting to see the wholeness of jesus in all his glory and to see him in his rightful place as king of kings and lord of lords right that's the that's the king of kings forever and ever you know hallelujah this is what we want god is still at work amen he's still at work he's doing something he is seeing it through to the end but we are still a work in progress and the fact that we are still celebrating advent means that god's not done yet he's not done yet in the meantime we keep practicing we do our best as followers of Christ to take one step at a time and just to live right on through whatever may be put in front of us. We want to do our best to follow the Holy Spirit into the life that Jesus has for us. And if the question is, are you ready yet? Are you ready for Jesus to return? In one sense, say, yes, Lord, please come. But in another sense, the answer is clearly not yet. We're still waiting. God has not come back to reveal himself in the fullness of time, but He will. He will do this. He will bring it to completion. But right now, he is still at work and we get to trust in this work. We get to look at this work and look for it. And we also get to participate in this work. As we wait, I pray that we might see that Jesus is working something new in and through our lives. The newness of Christ in our life is not finished. He is constantly shaping us, guiding us, and making us into the person that he wants us to be. He's constantly bringing in the newness of who he is. And this work that Jesus is doing in our life takes a lifetime. 
no matter how short or long. We are never complete. We are never done. And Jesus is trying to work the newness that he has for us into our lives to to live out and change us. The birth of Christ shows us this in a great and powerful way. Jesus was born of a virgin. That's something pretty new. It's never happened, never happened before, never happened since. God became a man and dwelt among us. And uh, this year for our school, we've, well, the last couple of years, we've kind of been looking at like the Greek gods. And, and the Greek gods, what they do is they come in, right? These are the gods that predated, uh, pre, predated a lot of Christianity uh, as far as like um, uh, Jesus coming to earth. But these gods, would, they would come into this world and they would mess with people and they would leave and they were tricksters, and they were sneaky, and they were just, they, they were, this is what people thought about God, that God was some sort of like sneaky trickster that would just do things to mess with them. And then not only that, there was a whole bunch of different gods, but in Jesus coming to earth, we know that Jesus doesn't tamper with God or tamper with humanity in the same way. He comes to live among us. He comes to live among us, to be with us, to enter into our pain and our problems, not just oversee them, not laugh at them, but enter into them. And this is new. This is the newness that Jesus is born in. Jesus, the King of Kings, was born in a lowly manger. He didn't come from greatness, but he came from a little city with poor parentage. And Jesus came to set things right and make things new, to give us a new shape, and a different life. Amen? And he came to make us new as well. When we read about Jesus, I pray that we may not see stale things that he did, like it's just simply history, but that we can look with hope and expectation as we read about what Jesus is doing and those things that he did in, in, in the time when he walked on earth, but he's still doing those things in our midst. The miracles... And the wonders of his love are not just great words to sing about. But they are truths that we can see and live out and hope for and anticipate Jesus doing these things. Think about this. When we read Jesus about Jesus giving sight to the blind. I pray that we might have sight into the blindness of our own areas. Like the metaphorical blindness. But I pray that we as a people may see God give sight to actual blind people. Not just through surgery, but just through strictly miracles that he's done. You know why? Because Jesus did it. He he did it, and he can still do it today. But he can give real sight. And when we read about Jesus healing the lames and the lepers and all those sick and diseased that were coming to him, I pray that we might see this too. That we would love to see people made new. Their sickness gone and replaced with health. Amen. That we might see uh, legs grow or cancer held at bay or spines straightened or so many more miracles that we can think or imagine. That these things that we've seen Jesus do, we've, these things that we've seen Jesus in Scripture make new, that we may continue to see them made new in our midst. I'm praying that we may see water turn into wine. That we will go from just water just being the basic necessity for life. That we'll go from being uh, just a living life to live a life in joy with much gladness of heart. 
that Jesus is making things new will allow us to thrive in the gifts that the Holy Spirit can bring to us and that we can live into the life that Jesus has for us. We want these things, don't we? Isn't this like in part why we follow Jesus to watch him work and work these amazing things, not only in our life, but in the lives of our friends, and in the lives of our neighbors? Not only the, 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 those that were in Scripture, but those who have come after as well. This is part of it. We want to see Jesus feed the hungry. We want to see Jesus set the captives free. We want to experience the newness of Jesus' life in our life. Amen? God has not given up on this world. He is still at work. It says in Isaiah 9 that the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And we get to hang on to the promises of God. There are times when it is tempting to believe that God has given up on the world. Amen? Like, there are awful and tragic things that happen all the time. But there were awful and tragic things that happened in Jesus' day, too. There were things that he didn't fix while he walked on earth. I think of this. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John walked into the beautiful gate, going to the temple to speak in public about the risen Lord Jesus. There was a lame man who was placed, they say, daily by the beautiful gate. And I'm assuming that since Peter and John are using that gate, at one point Jesus used this gate as well. And I'm assuming, it's a bit of an assumption, but I'm assuming that this lame man wasn't just there in Peter and John's time, but they were there as Jesus walked by as well. He did see sick people that he didn't heal. And yet Jesus didn't heal that lame man at that time. It wasn't time yet. It wasn't time yet. Do you think about the questions that that man would have had? Like maybe he called out Jesus, but Jesus kind of went by. Now I'm not saying this, this is not scripture. This is just my thought. Jesus was in and around that city and he walked through many of those gates and he potentially walked through this beautiful gate as well. And, but this was for when Peter and John went through the gate and they told the man, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. And the man rose up and he walked. God has not given up on this world yet. We can see and expect him to keep working as Peter and John uh, expected him to keep working. And in this, we keep practicing. This is the heart of Advent, right? I read during this Advent season a quote from Walter Bergman. It says this, What counts for a Christian life is how one lives. How we live this life as we wait is important. Amen? Or how I would, this is I think how I would say it. How we walk this life with Christ. How we take the next step and the next step and the next step as we learn to live right on through whatever is in in the way we, um, we are given instructions in scriptures, amen? But Jesus left us the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit as well to lead us and guide us through scripture and, and to speak to us the same spirit that was there creating the earth and all that is in it is alive at work in us, recreating, making us new. It's a beautiful thing. The Holy Spirit is powerful and mighty. Jesus has left us empowered 
to be who we are to be and to live out whatever task he has given us. The Holy Spirit gives us power to live beyond what we think we can. It gives us the power, the Holy Spirit gives us power to walk in some things and through some things that we would have thought impossible at the time. And the Holy Spirit has made them possible. The Holy Spirit gives us power to live out in obedience a life for Christ, the life that he would have for us, and to live into the newness that Christ has provided in our life. This is the same Holy Spirit that caused Jesus to be born of a virgin. And let us see from the newness of a baby comes great life and power and shifts the way that we view the world and the way that we view greatness. Through the Holy Spirit, the powerful come in weakness, just like Jesus. Through the Holy Spirit, um, we are rich even in our poverty, like Jesus. Through the Holy Spirit, we are wise in the foolishness of continually practicing to live and be like Jesus because Jesus was wise in the way that he did. Through the Holy Spirit, we learn to walk just like a child does, just like Jesus did. And I hope and I pray that we can remember that all that Jesus has done has a freshness and newness to it that will last for all eternity. That this newness isn't finished yet, it's still at work, and it's at work in you and me today. So, Grace and Mercy Church, let us continue to wait. Let us continue to practice with hope and peace, joy and love. Let us grow in these things. Let us continue to pray, Jesus, please come back soon. We await for your return to set things right once and for all. And we believe when you say that you will do it. You will do it. So Lord, please let us see that. In Jesus' name, amen.